This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi, everyone. I'm Alice, the social media manager of Jubilance, and today I'm talking with Freya Slack. Freya started the Instagram platform Don't Cramp My Style based out of Manchester in the UK. She's tackling the taboo on periods and placing books in public bathrooms, offering a free and accessible period education for those who have periods. An interactive art student at Manchester Metropolitan University, she's organized different events to raise awareness about periods. And we're so excited to have you on today. So thank, thank you for being you so here. Much. <laughs> thank You're <you>. welcome. <laughs> um, so we kind of just start off with some more fun questions. Yeah. Um, so what is your must have essential items in your purse? Well, like I kind of have to say tampon, don't I? Because it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, because it's one of the, it's it, my, I have the implant. So like my periods are completely irregular. I never know when I'm going to start. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world when you don't have anything. Um, yeah, I've always got, I've always just filled with tampons in my bag, to be honest. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the best book you've read um, on the plane or a train? Best book I've read? I'm reading a book at the moment called My Beautiful Boy by David Sheff. Huh. It was like, they made it into a movie and it's basically about like um, a father, it's a true story about a father whose son became addicted to, I want to say like crystal meth. Okay. And it's about like the way that families deal with drug addiction and stuff like that. I don't know why it's a really, really sad book, but it's really good. So I'm reading that one right now. <laughs> oh, that's great. What are you currently watching? Bojack Horseman. Oh, it's so Bojack good. It's <laughs> the greatest show on the planet. Me and my housemate, I live, I, I live in a, I live in a flat in, in Manchester with my, with my friend Molly and we are absolutely obsessed with the show. We're, we're watching it for like maybe the fourth time. Oh my over. God, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> um, so can you talk about Manchester? Um, what's, what, what's the best thing to do there? Manchester is, so for those of you who don't know like the UK so Manchester is we're in it's in England um it's a it's a city in the north um I I I grew up in the south so I grew up in Devon so in the countryside so where we're like you know there's lots of farming and stuff um but my a lot of my family are based in Manchester so it was the best decision to go to art school here um there's loads of colleges and universities so it's filled with students and it's got like a great nightlife and uh there's like weird like kooky bars as well like <laughs> NQ64 which is like a gaming arcade bar um there's a big history of art as well um so like uh they've got we've got the Whitworth and the Manchester Art Gallery and the Chinese um contemporary art gallery as well there's a lot to do in Manchester there really is yeah oh that's amazing what's, yeah. what's your favorite part about it my favorite part of Manchester probably the northern quarter so the oh. northern quarter is kind of like it's it's like a, how can I explain it? It's like, there's lots of like pubs and bar. We're obviously in England. We all, everybody loves pubs. <laughs> so there's loads of bars, there's loads of pubs and there's all these um like awesome shops. And there's a place called Affleck Palace, which is like, it's filled with all this like crazy stuff, like retro everything, like retro clothing and old typewriters and cameras and gaming stuff. So that's, that's my favorite place in Manchester. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'll have to go visit. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, so can you talk about your winter traditions? Are there any specific, like, traditions to the UK for the holidays? Or? We 
best tradition and it's something that I, when I was out in the States and I remember, cause I was, when I was, uh, when I worked at Camp America, I remember a lot of the kids asked me, they're like, what's this thing called Guy Fawkes night? Yeah. So we have bonfire night on the 5th of November and I love bonfire night cause I love fires, <laughs> I love fireworks <laughs> and everything. So the whole tradition, I've, I'm not very good at the history. So like, you know, if anybody wants to like make a comment and like, you know, fix it, like, please go ahead. But <laughs> a long, long time ago, a man called Guy Fawkes tried to blow up parliament we're going back like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And um, I don't know what it is about the 5th of November, but people make a Guy Fawkes and they stick on a bonfire and then there's lots of fireworks and everything. And Manchester, um, where I, in the UK, where I live, I live in a student place called Fallowfield. We have this bit like a huge park and we watch all the fireworks and we watch Guy Fawkes burn. It's one of the weirdest British traditions, but we still do it. Wow. Yeah. That's so fascinating. It's crazy. Yeah. We we have nothing like that, I think. No, no, it's it's yeah. completely different. I remember having to explain it when I was out in the States and I was like, I don't even understand what it is to be honest, but we still do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's so <laughs> cool, all the bonfires. I know, yeah. Yeah. Just burning um, everything. <laughs> Um, moving on to Don't Cramp My Style, can you talk about um, what got, got you interested in starting this platform and what yeah. it is? It's kind of, it's quite a long kind of story, but I'll like, I'll shorten it. Oh, so like, I, I do this course called Interactive Arts at university. Um, and Interactive Arts is, it's a very strange course. Um, there's not many of us on it. It's very small. It's very niche. And I choose it. So to describe it is to destroy it. Okay. So that's the whole thing. So we kind of do, everybody does like all these, like, you know, everybody does like different art. There's a girl who does like taxidermy and then there's me who oh does like, public, yeah, there's me who does like public health stuff and there's somebody else oh. who's doing drag performance and like, there's all this, like, it, it's such a, um, it's a very broad amount of people in one small space. So that's kind of like how I would describe my degree. So mm -hmm. I went into the, I was in my second year of university and I was still trying to figure out my art style and it was becoming really frustrating because I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't grasp anything. Um, and then I just was thinking about women's magazines and how women's magazines are, you know, I'm talking like Cosmopolitan and Elle and I mean, I can't say anything. I actually love Cosmo, but like but a lot of, we've got these really like terrible, like TV guide magazines, like here in the UK, I'm sure you guys have probably got the same as well. Like, and it's all about gossip nature and, you know, yeah. trying to, it's kind of like, it's just like kind of tearing apart women, but selling it to women at the same time. And I just didn't like that. And I thought there was something just not very nice about it. So this idea of like making a magazine, which was educational. And I got started thinking about periods and I, a couple, so going back a couple of years before that, mm -hmm. I was on a train from Birmingham to Manchester and there was a magazine on the chair, which I had, you know, which I'd booked and I just, I got bored and I was reading through it. And there was this whole thing about period poverty and it's, and I started reading into it. And it I was just like, I can't, cause when we have a lot of homelessness in Manchester is a very big problem. It's a very big problem. Oh. And it's one of those things you just don't think about. I don't think about my period. Like when it comes once a month, I'm like, okay, we'll deal with this. And then, you know, I'm off my period and we'll just crack on with life. But to think that some people can't afford sanitary products who are below the poverty belt in the UK is just, it's heartbreaking. So I had this idea of like, okay, how can I make something which is educational? So this idea that the British government, I was never taught about periods at school. I spoke to a lot of other people. They weren't really taught about it. 
So if the UK government and the UK schools aren't teaching period health in schools, then how can we educate people about their periods? So this idea of like publicly making education accessible to the public and the whole thing, it goes in like a public bathroom because I'm sure like when you're on the toilet and you're on your period, it's you and your period and you're there dealing with it and you're there changing a tampon, changing a pad, pouring a moon cup out, you know, you might make a bit of a mess. It's you and your period. It's a, it's a private kind of exchange between you and your uterus as it were. So this the book to go in public bathrooms, it just, it just made sense to kind of, you know, you're there with your period and here's a book on, on menstrual health education. And, um, it goes in women's bathrooms, men's bathrooms, unisex bathrooms, um, because not all women have periods and not every person who has a period is a woman. Like that's a very important thing to remember. So that's just kind of how it came about. It was a university project. I ended up doing really well with it. And I started to get recognition from my university and from different organizations in Manchester. And yeah, and then I ended up getting funding for it. So that's amazing. It kind of took off and now it's taken over my life. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. So is it, is it a magazine? Is it a publication that's continually coming out or is it? So what it what it is, is it is just a little book. It's about like this big, like, you know, it can, the idea is like it goes in your handbag. Do you know what I mean? Like it goes in your handbag, you put it in your back pocket. It's like, a, it's tiny. It's not, it's not that big, but it's rhizoprinted. So there's a process called rhizoprinting. Huh. And it is, as far as I know, and I don't regret it, the history of it, it was invented in Japan and it's a cheap and uh, environmentally friendly way to mass print something so one screen can print like a hundred to two hundred pieces of paper wow. so all you're gonna do yeah so that's how it works so with riso printed this book so one screen will print out like 400 copies of the book and then i put it all together in my uni so it's just a little paper booklet it's got a card cover it's quite basic it's got a red red card cover it's white paper on the inside um there's illustrations there's designs uh, silly enough i don't actually have i don't quite my style book on me um to show you um because they were all taken also my mother has taken quite a few as well so she's <laughs> stolen them but it's not very big it's quite basic um i'm gonna be like redoing the illustrations like making them a little bit um you know more you know a bit better um yeah so it's not not really magazine quality but yeah that, that that's the whole idea it's free and you know and it but it's jam-packed with so much information in it that's amazing yeah can you talk about what period poverty is uh for our listeners yeah so period poverty is um period poverty is when people can't afford sanitary products and that is that's that is that's that's young people that's young that's young girls that's young trans people non-binary people gender non-conforming people it, it can affect everybody and it doesn't matter about your gender if you have a period and you can't afford sanitary um and it's quite sad to hear that um a lot of people will turn to so instead of being able to buy tampons and pads uh, menstrual cups all of that kind of stuff they will instead use toilet paper or they'll use cardboard or cloth or you know even socks as well i've got i've got, I've got a couple of books by some american authors uh who talk about periods mm. basically one in ten girls who go to school 
will not go in that week that they are menstruating because they cannot afford sanitary products. One in 10. Yeah. So one in 10. And that is a lot. That's a lot of, that's a lot of people. And you think that, you know, these young women, these young people, they deserve the best start in life. They deserve to go to school, to feel confident, to feel great, to feel clean. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's, it's incredibly sad thing. Um, so the reason we talk about period poverty in the UK and also in the USA as well is period, period poverty exists. And there are a lot of period charities in the UK. Um, I could name so many who donate pads and tampons to, to food banks, to schools, to Redbox project was one of the biggest ones in the UK. They're, they're brilliant there. And I, I raised um, money for them as well. Um, they're, they're lovely. So there's period poverty and there's a lot of charities that supply period products to, like I said, food banks and blah, blah, blah. But then at the core of that is the lack of education. And the lack of education of something is what causes a taboo. And then a taboo can, is what is creating this poverty. So if we can get to the core, if we can educate people about their periods, you know, it's there in a toilet, it's there in a guy's toilet, it's there in a unisex toilet, a woman's toilet. If you can normalize this chit chat about periods and you can bring it into your home and you can bring it into schools, um, bring it into a podcast, <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, that is how we could get to the core of period poverty and make it something that, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. That's amazing, Freya. Yeah. Thank you. Talk about more about like what you're doing to normalize this taboo. Because I know like it I read a paper that said you were working on embroidery or working on like different artistic events that were trying to like start this conversation. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So okay, so like going back to when I was like in my second year of uni, we have we do something called a unit X, um, which is like one of our units at uni, and a unit X is all about collaboration and doing something. And I was like, I'm gonna put on an event. Like I'm gonna put I was like, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) And there is um I found a free venue in Manchester, it had a stage, it had lighting. Um, and we did this event called Don't Crump My Style. I love social media. I'm part of a generation that uses social media all the time. You know, all, we, I mean, we even met on social media as well. So like, you yeah. know, that, exactly. So, <laughs> social media is great and it's fantastic to be able to talk about, you know, periods on social media where somebody's there with holding up their pad and taking a selfie. Like, I did this. And I think that's great. And I think it's empowering. and I think it's brilliant, but it is not a face to face conversation. Mm. So don't cry my style kind of works in like a two pronged approach. So there's the books, which, you know, they go in the, they go in the bathrooms, they're free, you take them away, you read about it, um, you learn about periods. And then there's also like the kind of art side. Like, I don't want to be biased as an art student, but I think art speaks volumes, like more than words can. And I think on a topic that is so personal and so something that can be, can be difficult to talk about, I think art is a great way. You just, it's, you sit in silence in front of a piece of artwork and you can relate to it. So I ran this, art event called don't crap my style under the same name and i put it out on facebook and social media as like anybody who wants to make some art about periods like feel free we had somebody paint with their menstrual blood we had um a wife uh, we had a wife and her husband get up and do poetry about period sex it was fantastic and we raised 300 pounds for redbox project um it was it went really well and i think 
I'm going to, I did another event in October as well, um, called You Are Right Down There, which is about starting periods. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. But it's like, we're going to keep going on with these art events because they, because even if you're not, even if you, maybe you're not arty, you know, you're not, you're not an arty person and you don't really understand art. When you go into a room as a menstruator, there is something, there's going to be something in that room that you can relate to. Mm -hmm. You know, like somebody can go in and they'll have endometriosis and maybe they haven't met somebody who's got endometriosis or knows many people and there'll be some art about it and they'll be like, I get that and I can relate to that. And I think that's the best thing about periods. Periods are so different for everybody. They're different for you. They're different for me, different for my housemate, you know, for, for everybody. So to be able to relate to something, I think it brings a lot of maybe it's like calmness and, you know, kind of paints a better picture about you know you and your health so yeah that's kind of what we do <laughs> so we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor jubilance for pms it's a daily supplement that helps you be you jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of pms that means less stress anxiety and more of getting back to your life you deserve to be your best self all month long and thanks to modern science pms is now optional it's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. Actually, so I'm a theater director in my off time from this job. Nice. Um, yeah, I studied performance studies, which you also cannot define. Um, yeah, yeah, you can't like that it's, it's done, but... Um, yeah, my work is about um, creating stories for female artists and oh, nice. creating um, more space for women playwrights and, and shows. But I'm so inspired by this like work that you're doing with periods, and I wonder how I can implement that into my work. Um, have you ever heard cool. of the vagina monologues? I have, yeah. I've seen them a bunch. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, really, I had this idea in my head to do something called the period monologues. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. I know. I'm not a performer myself, but like, my God, I could talk about periods for, I probably will be for the rest of my life, to be honest. Yeah. But like, What's so cool about the vagina monologues is it's done like every February all over like different universities. I love it. The world. I love it. Yeah. And it's just all over the world. Women's stories. So exactly. And I think it's fabulous. The period, period project. Period. Yeah. Period monologues. Period monologues. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I I was also wondering, do you have ideas for women who can um, who can start with the activism and start with like like talking about this taboo? What should we be doing as women and as people now? Yeah, I think it's it's a really difficult thing to do. Like I I never thought to myself I. I've always, like, I, I identified as a feminist, you know, I, when I was kind of interested in, like, when I was, like, coming in my late teens, and then I was just like, do you know what? Absolutely, I'm a feminist. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out what that was, and, 
now that like I've found my grounding in like, okay, I want to talk about periods. I think if you, if you deep down have got something, there's something inside of you that you want to tackle, you can do it. You can do it. I'm a girl who's from Manchester. I wear a lot of turtlenecks. I go to university. I work in a pub. Like it's, you can you can do you can change so much and it's and it's starting stepping stones don't dive into the big thing never compare yourself to these other organizations i had somebody messaging me from the philippines actually a couple of months ago asking how can i start like a period poverty charity and i was like whoa big question (laughs) but i was just like for instance with periods if you are from an area maybe there's like a a food bank near you or a school you know let's say like think of the usa like if you go to a school maybe you can talk to them about like you know do you have young people who experience period poverty and you know if they don't know you can do a collection you can talk to your local local supermarket i know that like in tesco and in sainsbury's they do like in the um they do local charity collections. I'm sure Walmart does the same as well. I remember seeing it when I was out there. Like they do these big charity events. Like you can find a place where you can make a collection, start gathering stuff, make a social media, be active on social media. That's kind of all the things I can really say. I was a university student and then my project just took off. So I was like, oh, well, oh, well, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, what, what do you see for the future of, um, of your projects or what's next? What, what with Don't Crump My Style? Yeah. Well, now we're in the USA. <laughs> no, just kidding. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Um, well, I, so I finally figured out my art style. I finally figured out what I want to do in the future. I, what I finally, I was like, this is me. I come from a family of nurses. So my mum and my granny oh. are both nurses. And obviously I go to art school, but I, if I, 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 if I could have done nursing, I think I would have, I'd absolutely have loved it. But I figured out my art style. And I think for me, it is about making public health accessible. So obviously we have uh, free healthcare in the UK. Um, wow. Dream. Pardon? Dreams. I mean, we can dream, but we've just, but you know, we've now got a Tory government who is slowly starting to sell it off. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of really upsetting. Might have a free NHS, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, (laughs) Our National Health Service, it's kind of, you know, bridging a gap between the way that the NHS, you know, um, in the UK can, you know, support and educate people on their health whether that's mental health or physical health so I am doing a final so my, I'm in my final year of university wow. and I am doing a project on virginity and is it a social construct so I'm sure you've heard in the news you know the rapper T.I. and he made an announcement yeah. during a podcast so there's a rapper called T.I. Um, and he's an actor as well I think mm. um, he made an announcement during a podcast that he takes his daughter to have her hymen checked once a year to check if she's still a virgin Wow! and it's quite shocking and virginity testing is still present in the USA it's present in the UK as well it's actually I read into it it's actually not a, it's not illegal but the hymen itself is is not it, it doesn't prove anything it oh. doesn't like you know going back to periods i mean like if a woman's on her period and she you know or a person's on a period and they use a tampon um that can break a hymen do you know like so i'm doing this project on 
if we educate people on virginity and we talk about it if it's a social construct but you've got to be really careful because virginity is such a personal topic mm. so if we can educate people on virginity can we end virginity testing because you know and we say in it like so i'm going to think of new ways to educate people and i'm thinking of like how can this be brought into a classroom like where can this go in the public um so i'm going to keep going with don't cramp my style and i'm very interested in like sexual health and reproductive health and the way that we can you know educate people on this because it, it's shocking actually how little people know it's like shocking how little i knew about periods when i started the project it's crazy um so that's kind of where i'm going right now is just gonna keep going with the books um but gonna do a new project on virginity now so yeah wow freya th that's absolutely amazing yeah oh, you. you'll have to keep us updated on yeah yeah thank yeah. you yeah um i just have a couple other questions for you yep. um and we ask everyone this question so what for you what does it mean to be a woman today and obviously that definition i'm losing well, a bit of signal here hold oh, on Oh, i'm so sorry okay. can you hear me now hello uh give me a second let me just open my okay. door so I can get the signal. <laughs> perfect oh. right um let me just put that there i can see you and hear you perfectly if that's really helpful. Just a bit there we go how's that <laughs> uh yeah i see you and hear okay. you can you hear me yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. So, just the question that we really that we ask everyone on this podcast is, um, what does it mean to be a woman today? And of course, there are so many caveats to that, and um, the definition is forever changing. The definition yeah. of who and what a woman is is changing. Um, but for you, what does it mean to be a woman at this moment in our history? Yeah, I think. I think for me, like I would probably say that um, I was, th you know, I've been thinking about this actually quite a lot because I was, you know, a, a lot of my friends, a lot of young people I'm surrounded by, you know, also identify as feminists. And I would say that as a, hold on a second, let me just close my door. As, um, as somebody who, you know, when I started to get into feminism and I started learning about it and I was very interested and I was reading books and I was like, you know, trying to trying to figure out what it meant to be a feminist is that what it did teach me was the way that the way that i look at other uh, other women and the way that i look at myself and i think and i've been thinking about that quite a lot and i'm like you know what? i'm really grateful for feminism and i'm great and like I'm trying, I'm trying to put it into words really i don't really know what it means to be a woman but what it means to be a feminist is just it, it's it's broadened me as a person it's made me not judge people like i did before it's made me see beauty in different ways it's um made me you know feel great about having a period you know i didn't have that at the start and now when i've done this project i do i don't know if that answers your question or maybe some yeah. listeners might relate to that but i think that's great thank you yeah to, you know to, to what to what it feels to be a feminist you know we're all changing i'm 22 years old i've got a whole life ahead of me and it's something that's you know, it's intangible and it's constantly changing. So yeah, I'm not really sure to be honest. I hope that that's yeah. a good enough answer. I think that's, I think that's great. Um, and then I just have one other question. Um, mm -hmm. So if a woman were to come up to you on the street and you had like a sentence or something to give them a piece of advice, what would it be? 
I've always loved that quote. I don't even know who it's by, but it's like one woman's beauty is not the absence of your own. Oh. And I, I think that's so, I think that's something that's so lovely because, you know, I went through school and people made comments and, you know, and like in the older that I've got, I'm trying to like, you know, figure out me and what I look like and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you, and sometimes you look at other people and you're like, I wish I looked like that. But actually another woman's beauty is not the absence of your own. And everybody has beauty in their own different ways. And I think that's, I think that's a really lovely quote. I, did, I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's really great. I'll take that away today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Um, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I don't cramp my style. Um, that's it, really. I think it's just, it's fabulous to be able to be part of this. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for being on today. Oh no! Just I've abs I've absolutely loved it. It's been it's been fantastic. Um, yeah, just if you want to follow, don't cramp my style. If you want to see what the books look like, give us a follow. Um, yeah, we've got we're we're still growing. <laughs> we're still you know we've got more funding coming. Um, so you know we're going we're going all over. So hopefully it'll keep keep growing. Yeah. So if you want to follow our journey? Give us a follow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Freya. Thank you. Thank you so much.